You're listening to Gifted with Sheila White, a podcast that will inspire you. Its purpose is to uplift and entertain creatives to pursue their passions through their gifts. Sheila White is a film and television producer, author, and entrepreneur. And in each episode, Sheila talks with gifted individuals about their journey and the lessons they've learned. It will also inspire you to make an impact, living your best purpose-driven life with clarity. And now, here's your host, Sheila White. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode. I'm excited today. I've got with me somebody that is going to just tickle your ears on today. Um, This is a person that is going to elevate your understanding of what it means to overcome. He has a testimony and we're going to hear some of his story of how he has overcome some of the challenges as a young man and how God has just been wooing him into this fold. I have with me today, Michael Watson, who they call Butter the Preacher. And he is a native from Gary, Indiana. And at the early age of 21 years old, the preacher was shot nine times and left for dead, but he survived. And not long after that, he was hit by a drunk driver. And after he flatlined, we know how scary that is for family and even people in the hospital, but he was brought back to life. And upon waking, the doctors asked him a question, what was his name? And he just simply replied, I'm a preacher. And he's been preaching and teaching all over the country ever since the gospel of Jesus Christ as a minister, as a songwriter, and a chart-topping Christian hip-hop artist. And he's also a motivational speaker. And his story has touched lives all over the world. And he's coming up to the influence to be able to impact on the big screen. So we're going to be talking about that as well. He's the executive producer of Butter the Preacher. And the movie should be coming out in 2023. Welcome, Butter the Preacher, to the show. Thank you. Thank you you so much. Powerful introduction. Thank you. you. It was a blessing to be here. I just got to go back and say, how did we come up with this name, first of all? Because for all the things you've been through and, and the story that we're going to get into with the gangs and things, how did he come up with a soft name like Butter? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Butter was my childhood name as a, as a um, little kid. And um, it stuck with me. Um, family, I had a huge family. So everybody knew me by Butter growing up through the neighborhoods, through the churches as a little boy running around. And um, when I did secular music before I got into ministry, the name was Butter Gutter. It was a street name. Oh. So a lot of people knew me by that name. So when I got into ministry, um, when I started doing music, of course, I just kept the name Butter, but I just did Butter the Preacher. So Mm. it's like how God changed um, Paul's name when he was Saul on the road to Damascus, you know. Wow. So so he just kept attached to it. So made it something positive. And I can kind of relate to that. I've got a little nephew and we call him Butterman. And I don't even, <laughs> it was just a name that he said Butterman because he was just a, a little overweight baby born to like 10 pounds or something like that. So he just was kind of coined that name. I want to go back a little bit, um, Michael, and talk about being shot nine times. What was that experience? Go back into that day and at that particular time, because most of the times one bullet could kill you. But you, you're saying nine times? Nine times, um, an enemy had a, an enemy. You know, his plan is to come to seek, to kill, and to steal, mm. and to destroy. And that, that's a young age. Uh, he definitely coming for our young, a young man. He don't want us to grow old. 
Um, yeah. He don't want us to live abundantly. He, he don't want us to be the people and the men that God has called us to be. So he want to catch us in those traps early. Mm. And I was living a very reluctant lifestyle. I was raised in the church. I grew up around um, Christians. My grandmother and my grandfather was a prominent pastor in the city before he passed on. So I was raised with the right principles and tools. But when I got older, um, I chose to go my own route, go my own ways and expose mm. myself to things that, you know, I didn't see inside the house. And that wasn't because of my grandmother or my grandfather, how I was raised. It was pretty much my own will and choice as I thought I was grown at the age of 19, 20, 21 years old. And um, so I made some decisions to hang around the wrong crowd. And mm-hmm. you don't have to always do something. Just who you're around can cause, you know, say calamity on your life. You know what I'm saying? The Bible says bad company can rub good character. Mm-hmm. And um, I always was a good kid, but I was around the wrong crowd. And at the age of 21 years old, I was walking from actually heading to a job interview and I was with another individual that was a friend of mine and um, two guys walked up to us and asked us about some marijuana for sale and and we didn't have it. Mm. So um, they assumed that we had money on us. There was like um, three days before, four days before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And um, as we walk in, um, we're just talking to these guys out of nowhere with no loop fighting no motives they upped their guns and they shot both of us killed my friend oh and she my. left me there for dead with nine bullet wounds in me and um and i laid in that alley that day in the cold snow fighting for my life and i can just reflect back on what grandma used to tell me um you know the people i hang around the choices that i make on um, yeah. the way you choose to live is the way you choose to die and mm-hmm. and this just was me laying there just reflecting on a whole montage picture of my mind of what my life should have been like. Cause I'm thinking like my life is flashing before my eyes. I remember watching movies and I see people go through a near death experience. And it's like a, a lot of pictures go through their mind during that experience. And I always thought it was just a movie thing, but I see they took those experiences probably from real testimonies of people who actually had those life changing moments. And yeah. I can just see my future. I can see me preaching. I wasn't a preacher at the time. I was just a young man just trying yeah. to find his way on his own and I can remember me praying. I see all these thoughts in my mind as I'm laying in this in this alley. And I'm like, well here you are, twenty one years old, life is gone. You know, I'm envisioning everything and God just gave me like an epiphany. But I prayed and I asked God to if it's your will, please come through. I went back to prayer. I haven't prayed in years until this day. Wow. I said, come through for me. I'll forgive me for my sins. I'll make better choices. Just give me a second chance if it's your will. And I just felt the peace over over me. Even with nine bullet wounds I felt mm. God's presence. I felt God's healing hand over my body. And I just felt like I was going to make it and I knew it. And um, so I made it out of that, you know, and then I found out four days later, I wake up out of a sedated coma on Christmas Day. They told me that my best friend had transitioned on. Wow. So just the, the experience, it was a painful one. It, it mm. was it was a lot of emotions there, but it was a lot of things going on with me spiritually when I was just knowing that I have to live better and I have to do right. And um, so it's just it was an experience that I never want to experience again. I wish on nobody else. But I'm just grateful wow. that I can tell this story to somebody mm-hmm. that I'll have to walk that walk and talk that talk and be in that limelight and be around the wrong crowd. Because what may have I survived may kill somebody else. So right. uh, that's my right. testimony I give to people. So we born in this world looking like our mother and father, but we die looking like our decisions. So just about making the right choices. Say that again. You were born looking like your mother and father. Yep, we're going looking like our mother and father, but we die looking like our decisions. Wow. um, That's impactful for young people. That's impactful for young people. And then after that trauma, traumatizing experience, then get to hit 
to get hit by a drunk driver. I mean, it's like it's like the odds are almost against you at this point. You know, if the bullets didn't kill you, it's like what what was going on at that time? So at this time, the enemy had a plan, like I said. So when I healed up from the hospital, it's easy to submit when you're in pain. So I'm telling yeah. God on my hospital bed, Lord, I'm going to do better. I'm going to live right. I'm going to go to mm -hmm. school. I'm going to go to college. X, mm -hmm. Y, and Z, all these broken mm -hmm. promises I gave him. Out of pain, out of emotions. Mm -hmm. And then um, when I started back walking again, I went back to partying. I went back to drinking. I went back to the clubs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't doing things that I was doing to the degree before I got shot, but I was still living okay. in sin. I was still living in a way that wasn't okay. in God's will for my life. Yeah. And then July 24th, 2014, um, out of nowhere, I, I felt God pulling a nudge on me, asking me, what did what it do I want to do with my life? Mm -hmm. And I prayed. I said, Lord, whatever it is you want me to do, show me not do it. Whatever it is you want me to go, show me that I go. Whatever it is you want me to be, show me not be it. Hours later, Really, kind of like late in that day, I was mm. in my car, brand new tires, brand new car. I get a flat tire. Mm. I get out, I change my look at my tire, and I put some fixing flat in it. Mm. As I'm putting some fixing flat inside this flat tire, I'm my phone get the ringing, and I put it on speakerphone. Yeah, and I call my cousin. I said, "Hey, I've got a flat tire. I'm gonna call you back, but I want to um talk to you at the church this evening if you have time, so I can talk to you about something, and I want to talk to him about." How do I know if I have a call in the preach? Wow. But wow. at this moment, I'm on the phone with him. He hangs up about one minute after he hangs up. Boom. I get hit by a drunk driver. Literally. Mm. And next thing you know, I wake up in a helicopter. I've been flown to Christ African Hospital in Chicago from Indiana. They mm. tell me I flatlined. They brought me back to life. They asked me what my name is. They asked me what's today. What's checking my cognitive to see if I'm yeah. responsible. Yeah. And I just told them I am a preacher. Mm. And I knew from that day I was called. I knew the enemy had a plan. I knew for a fact if I can't make it to this church, the mm. reason he wanted to take me out is because I've been chosen. Mm. And I knew. And the doctor's like, huh? I said, I am a preacher. And mm. since July 24th, 2014, when I left the hospital bed, that's exactly what I've been doing. Mm. Preaching the gospel. Wow. The world. And my eyes have been saved and God has been opening up so many doors for me. And I started doing music three years after that in mm. 2017. And he has catapulted that ministry to another level. So it's just about being faithful. It's all choices. I just mm. made a choice to choose Christ. And mm. he just gave me everything else that I ever desired for uh, and more. So I'm just wow. blessed. It, you know. Well, you know, being a, a Gospel Choice Music Award, you know, nominee, that is huge. And that is really important. And the the, the type of uh, genre you're in is hip hop. And a lot of people are into hip hop and some people are traditional and things like that. How do you reach people with your message, with the story that you have come through? OK, knowing what you know, it's a real message. You're not just singing about something that you don't know and a lifestyle that you don't know. I mean, your story is real. And and it's and it and it's relatable. How do you take that message and turn it into something where, let's say, the secular and the gospel community can embrace? Yeah. So um, I like to bridge the gap with my music between the streets and the church. Okay. So um, they say that Christian hip hop was corny. It sounded this. It sounded that. So mm -hmm. I take the same aggressive beats that I had, the same mm -hmm. kind of melodies. But made out of good spirit. It, it's not made out of a violent spirit. Mm. But I, 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 it's, just, it's a radical praise. 
And mm. I believe if we want to reach those that's in that genre, we have to be radical. We have to be creative. Mm. Um, Paul said, I become all things to all men, so some may be saved. So if I got to put on a preaching hat, I got to put on a rapper's hat, whatever element I can reach them in, I'm using the same message, but just using a different method. I don't take away from the message. Mm-hmm. It's just a different method where I can reach them in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some babies we have to use bottles. Some babies use sippy cups. It's the same kind of milk. It's just a different method we're using it with. Right, it's the same right. substance. So yeah. it, it's just, I got to know who I'm feeding. And depending on who I'm feeding, I serve them with that spoon of whatever they can do to take it. You know, and um, so that's how I just break it down and I just compare both my story with the scripture inside of the in the music. So I'm really just rapping my sermons. Mm. Now, do you do work of the like inner city as well? Um, like, you know, going to street rapping or is it just pretty much performing, let's say, in a church or a hall or something like that? I mean, do you take it to the streets, so to speak, or just pretty much in the church building? The streets. Um, I take it to the streets, uh, outside events, um, you know. Um, tent services, um, wherever it's, it's mm-hmm. same way. I, same way I preach at the same way I do music at. You know, so it's no area that's you know off limits. It's not like you know secular music. People say I'm not beginning doing the show unless I'm booked for a concert. Mm-hmm. But I, I'll do the gospel music anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now and then also as an entrepreneur, I mean, doing all the singing and then the preaching. Now you're an entrepreneur of your own business and things like that as a motivational speaker. So. How do you couple that with just, you know, you got the gospel going, you got the singing going. Now you're a motivational speaker, try to keep people lifted up, help them to rise like dough. <laughs> Where did that part of it come in at, that interest? Oh, I mean, it just came from my experience with the things that I've been through. Um, conflict and resolution when it comes to violence, um, bullying, drugs, mm-hmm. things that I battled with um, back then. So it's, it's more like um, every place I go to, I always make sure Christ is the center. Of mm. each and everything that I have. So wherever I go, I'm going to preach to you in some kind of form or fashion. But my um, motivational speaking is coming from those who have to struggle with being raised without a father in their life. Mm. And those who have to struggle, you know, being raised on Section 8, um, mm. you know, poverty stricken. So um, those mm. things, we also can find in Scripture, but we find somebody who's experienced those things mm-hmm. and become a walking testament of it. It's easy to be inspired and motivated by knowing if he can do it, and I can see him now that he's doing it. I can, I'm a living witness. You know, mm-hmm. I can't see Paul. I can't see David. I hear their stories. But when you see mine, I might be the first Bible or scripture that you ever saw manifest itself wow. with the same wow. testimony. So mm-hmm. um, that's how I motivate those, you know, who need to be lifted up and come out of that space of darkness or stagnation, showing them that I used to be one of y'all. I used mm-hmm. to be the. I used to be in the jail cell before. I used to eat, you know what I'm saying, leftovers all the time for dinner. And you can embrace those things, you know, because those things is going to make you better. It's going to make you stronger. It's going to make you wiser. Yeah. Or you can survive on those things then you can definitely survive on the mountaintop. So uh, wow. I love to inspire in that way. You know, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the Vice Lord gang, because a lot of people don't. They know that, oh, they're bad. They're thugs and all of that type of thing. There is a, a type of brotherhood, I guess they have, or there's a, some type of um, a connection that they feel, you know, we belong, so to speak. A lot of people may not get that part of it. But how did you go from being with that gang to being a part of the holy gang? You know, the holy rollers. Now you're in a whole different field now. <laughs> Tell people you it, it, it's, it's a blessing for you to go from vice lord to Christ lord. Yes, um, yes. You know, saying from the crypts of blood to the one who shed his blood. Mm-hmm. So it, it's 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 just a whole di- a different gang, and it's a better gang. But um, some people they look at gangs, they automatically think of violence, robbery, and crime. Yeah. But um, the reason. 
some people do get in gangs. It's, it's not because they want to commit crimes. It's because they want a family. Mm. Um, they want somebody who has their back. They want mm. a father. They want a brother. They mm. they want to feel they they want to feel like they have somebody you know who they can go through the storm and the rain with and who can they protect them. So it's a lot of other reasons people go in a you know what I'm saying they find a certain peace. And yeah. I was searching for that friendship, that fellowship, the structure, the brotherhood. I'm big on family, and that's one of the main things. So I never was a part of a a crime a string of robberies or never. I never believed in doing any of those kind of things like that. We did some things we had no business doing, of course, but I never was trying to bring harm to inflict anybody with any pain. It was more just, I'm hanging around a, a group of guys who have no father just like me. And it's like, you can easily relate to people when you have the same struggle. And that's why I believe a lot of our gangs are structured by a lot of broken families, a lot of broken young men. And yeah. it's just a false, it's just a false system of, of hope, false system of brotherhood. Because when you go to a jail cell, nobody's there to put money on your books. You know, nobody is building homes. Everybody say they own a hood, but nobody own the house you know mm -hmm. so how you own a neighborhood but none of y'all own a house nobody mm -hmm. is you know i said the landlord i said we don't own anything you know we fight over territory and down over territory that we don't even own mm -hmm. you know and, and it didn't make sense to me mm -hmm. and when i got wise and smarter and just got educated like it's not making sense at all mm -hmm. and the reason i did get into it because the absence of my father we can blame a lot of different reasons but if we search for any reason to find out why it's valid to hop into these things but well, we have no reason. You know, Christ already gave you a game. He gave you a system. He gave you a brotherhood. He gave you a fellowship within him. And that's called the church. And that's mm -hmm. who we stand with. And that's who we love. That's who's going to forgive you when nobody else forgive you. There's nobody that's going to forgive you like a church person. There's mm -hmm. nobody that's going to let you in like the church. You know, people uh -huh. will cast you off. But it's, it's only going to be the church to tell you it's okay. It's only going to be the church that will let you back in the doors even after you take something. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the real, that's, that's a real fellowship. That's real loyalty. And that's real trust. And um, so, like I say, it's nothing better than being a, a disciple of him. Wow. That's, that's important. That's important. Let's talk a little bit about the music career and the nomination. How did that come about and how did you feel during that time? I'm just getting that news. <laughs> yeah. So when I was doing music, it was just an accidental blessing. I was just using my music as a gift to Risa Young. And um, they liked it. And then I was just getting calls from pretty much everywhere. Everybody was liking my music. I got radio DJs. It's like God opened up a floodgate of resource to let the music get heard on a large platform. Mm -hmm. And then um, it crossed over to the national, to BET, television and TV shows and Windy City Live performance there. And mm -hmm. so I got to reach millions of people less within eight months of me making my first song. Wow. So at that point, I was like, all right, now it's time to really get serious because now I've got a lot of demand on when it's better to preach and make more music. And it was just something just to do, just to get something kids listen to us outside of the music that we hear, you know, this prerogative. Mm -hmm. And um, so I just took it as serious as I preached. You know, like, let me sit down and pray over these songs. Let me sit down and ask God to give me something different. And um, after that, I got to making different connections with different DJs and uh, different people that's in the music industry. And then um, when nominations came around, um, when it came to submit nominees for certain things for us, Grammys and Music Choice Awards, Key Awards. My name came up in these conversations. I don't know how, but they just came. Wow. And I got reached out to through social media, Instagram, emails. Reached out to my manager. Hey, we looking for Butter the Preacher. He's been nominated for this, that, and the third. If you're interested, submit over a photo and, you know, a, other protocol. And I get thousands of votes of people. I, I put out the ballots to say vote for me. We got the press. 
making blogs on Source Magazine, Yahoo News. I don't even know. It's still to this day, it just flow like that. And then next thing you know, I go to the war show and they just say I won. You know, wow. I have these many vulnerable votes and just it's just a favor of God. But I stay faithful to it and I stay consistent enough to um, keep the attention of the audience with new music and good music. Just like the less I've been because I'm working on some other things, but I'm still putting out enough music to keep everybody knowing that you know, this is what I'm doing. I'm working on my album right now and that mm-hmm. takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of wear and tear and a lot of money. Yeah. So uh, it's been keeping me busy. And so when I drop the album, everybody's going to forgive me for the wait because it's going to be special, something mm-hmm. that's amazing. Wow. Let's talk a little bit about the lyrics. You know, tell us a little bit about the lyrics, because that's the key where people can be. Um, they, you can grab their attention, especially the secular and then in the world. And so you're 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 reaching the secular as well. But then the message is really about the church and about Christ. So what are some of the lyrics that grab people or that grip people with that first album? Let's go to the first one that that has been out there for a while circulating. Yes, I believe um, certain words, certain um, terminologies they use out of the street slang. You want to take that and, and reverse it and use it for the good. So okay. instead of talking about rifles, let's talk about Bibles. Instead of talking about liquor, let's talk about scripture. It's mm-hmm. not like the same kind of words. It's just a different. It's a different saying. And okay. I use the same kind of synonyms and rhythm and rhymes that they hear in the secular world. So mm-hmm. I don't flow in a pattern of. I'm just being preachy, preachy, preachy. I'm preaching to you, but I'm preaching to you in your language that you understand. No, so all the words may not be polished as perfected as I'm in a pulpit preaching. I might Mm -hmm. say that word with a little slang, a little, little, I might stretch that that I, that N or that T, just Mm -hmm. so you can understand exactly what I'm saying. Right, right. So um, it's just about being, God is so creative. God is able to create Christian hip hop. No man can do that. Only God (laughs) could be that creator. (laughs) <laughs> so when we hear that and people degrade that you degrade God's mind because he he the creator and God he's a creator God it's nothing new it's new to some people but it's always been God's plan he always mm-hmm. innovative he always made it's nothing new under the sun he always a creator and mm-hmm. um so that just show how creative and how omniscient how smart God mind is to be able to make this kind of music you know what I'm saying because he give the gift for it wow yeah. wow but now who motivates you uh, Michael because in doing what you do it's long hours, hard work, costing a lot of money. You could just stick to one thing, but you're doing multiple things because you're multi-talented. Who motivates you to keep going on those days where you just feel like, can I make it? Can I do it? Um, first, um, my, my family, I had a strong, I'm blessed with a very strong support system. Mm. Um, my family, um, my church family and my pastor. My pastor is my brother and that's just a blessing. But he, he don't treat me like just a brother. He also pastored me. And he mm-hmm. motivates me and he pushed me and encourages me to um, just to make the best of everything that I have. So when I do get weary, I do get tired on, on, on some things, get woke out. I always got a family that's behind me because they know how much I've been through. Mm-hmm. And they push me every time um, just to just to stay consistent, stay on the banner and um, just, just don't give up. Don't give in. So um, I just commend that when you have a strong family, whether it's blood, friends, you got a strong village around you. I mean, embrace them if they if they support you, embrace that because that's a gift to have. Wow. And and what would you say to your younger self? Because knowing what you've been through and then knowing what you know now and the person you are now, your authentic self, what would you say to your younger self? Because, you know, here's the gangs, here's all of this going on around you, being in the wrong place at the wrong time, you know, things that have happened to you, flatline. 
what would you say to your younger self? Because there's people out there that are still in the game. They're still in it. And they're in it for some of the reasons that you mentioned, maybe not to hurt someone, but they're looking for the fatherhood. They're looking for the brotherhood, the connection, the family, the belonging, that sense of belonging. What would you say to a young person out there that is in the life, they're in that life, they don't really know how to get out of it. And some of them are afraid to get out of it. What would you say to them to encourage them to, hey, there's another way? I'll, I'll tell my younger self and that younger person, mm-hmm. just surrender it over mm-hmm. to the Lord. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, it's mm-hmm. pain, it's grief, it's unforgiveness. If you're mad at somebody who dropped you and walked off on you, I mean, just surrender it all, forgive, repent. And I mean, it's some people that's going to, you're going to have to forgive. It's not going to tell you that they sorry because they might not ever see them again. Wow. And you have to take that with you and you have to just forgive and you can move on because if you don't forgive, you can drown yourself. I mean, they, they say forgiveness, unforgiveness is you drinking somebody, seeing somebody else drink poison. You waiting on them to die and they never die, mm. you know, and you just got to just slowly just, you know, wait on that, that thing to happen. It might never happen. It might not ever tell you that, hey, I'm sorry for not being there in your life. I'm sorry for doing this. Too. I'm sorry for beating on your mother. I'm sorry for this. Whatever the case, I'm sorry for touching you when you was a little girl. They might not tell you that. Mm. But you have to take that and turn it over to the Lord. He said, cast your cares on me before he cares for you. Mm. And if I knew then at that time that if nobody else cared but God cared, Mm-hmm. I would have gave all that pain that I gave to the games, all that fatherhood, all that child that was looking for his identity. I would have passed it over to the Lord at that time because you're never too young. Mm-hmm. You're never too young. Start now. You're never too young to be blessed abundantly. You're never too young to start a business. You're not too young to start your ministry. You're not too young to start that career. You're not too young to write that book. You're not too young to make that song. Start mm-hmm. now. Don't worry about the money. Worry about, we, listen, when you have God, you have everything. It's mm-hmm. not about what you got. It's about who you got. And I live life at a young age worried about what I don't have. I don't have the new joys. I don't have the new video games. I don't have the new shoes. I don't have a big house. We don't have a lot of money. But I forgot about who I got. Mm-hmm. You know, I still had my grandmother. I still had my mother. I still had my brothers and my cousins and my sisters and uncles. I still have my church family. And but most importantly, I still had God. Yeah. And when yeah. you got God, you have everything. Mm. So if you don't have them, search for them. Ask God to come into your heart. Ask Christ to come into your mind, come into your spirit, and just take control. And then when you follow his lead, everything you need is in that path. Mm. When you follow his lead, let him get in front of you. He's a good shepherd. He know how to take care of his sheep. You are a sheep. We all are sheeps. Mm-hmm. And he references us as sheeps because we don't have enough sense. And sheeps are one of the most dumbest animals in the world. Yeah. Because they don't have enough sense to protect themselves. They don't know yeah. how to get back home if they get lost. Mm-hmm. That's why they need a shepherd that's going to guide them. And he have this stick that's called a rod and a staff. Yeah. The staff is used to beat off wolves and beat off things that's trying to attack a sheep. Mm-hmm. And the rod is used to pull back the sheep when it falls out of the direction. Mm-hmm. So our job is to make sure that we stay in the will and walking in the ways of Christ all of our ways, all of the days of our life. We might get sidetracked. But that mm-hmm. staff is going to pull us on point. We might have enemies to stack us, but that rod is going to beat it off. Yeah. So stay in that path. Let it lead. It, when you keep on going to that path, keep on going through that valley, you're going to find yourself at a table that God has prepared for you. It's, it's Bible is what I'm giving you because mm-hmm. David said it in Psalms 23. The Lord has prepared yeah. a table for me in the presence 
of my enemies. Yeah. And before that table was prepared, he went through a valley first. Yeah. So we in the valley now. We walked through it. But it's going to be a table at the end. So everybody that said you'll never be nothing, everybody said you'll never go to college, you'll never be successful, is going to have to watch you be blessed by God because you wow. stay on the path of righteousness for his namesake. So live a righteous life. So now when I was broke, I was on Section 8. I was mm. on EBT. Now mm. I'm on BET. We I'm couldn't afford that. cable, but not cable TV is paying me. Yeah. So um, God is that kind of God. And I was raised in that matter. And it's not too long. It's not too late to take that walk. If you're on that wrong path, it's not too long to turn around mm-hmm. and walk in the path of righteousness. I was on the wrong road, mm-hmm. but now I'm on a better road. That's a road yeah. to eternity. And yeah. wow. All right, now come on now on the road to eternity. There we go. And I'm literally on the road of eternity podcast. Literally, literally on that road. You know, I want to ask you a question because, uh, first of all, what does surrender mean to you? Because you have had these challenges early on and you just went back to that life and you said, okay, I'm just going to keep on going. So, really, what does surrender mean to you? Surrendering is not just you giving God the problem but also giving God yourself. Mm. Because if you just give God the problem and not the problem maker, then mm. it's going to create more problems you have to want to bring back. So you'll always find yourself at the altar just bringing back the problem, but mm. you got to give over the problem maker because mm. he's a problem solver. Yes. So we have way do things all the time. I ask God to take away this, take away that. God needs to take you away and take those things up out of you. And you need to submit your whole life unto God, your whole wow. self unto him. Wow. We can't pick and choose what we want God to take from us. Give God your whole being. Take mm-hmm. all of this, all of this anger, all of this rage, not mm-hmm. some of this forgiveness, but all of this unforgiveness, all of this things that I'm feeling. I need mm-hmm. you to deal with me because I am the one that's creating this problem. Yeah. So when he purged you and deal with you, you don't have to bring those problems back because you're going to be restored and renewed. But those problems don't even live inside of you anymore. Yeah. So that's that's, a, that's true surrendering, not turning over the weapon, mm-hmm. but turn yourself in. Yeah. Yeah. What what scripture speaks to you to help you get through that that you really love? That is like your go to scripture, because um, like I said, with you helping people and going through so much in life and and, you know, motivational speaker and a preacher as well. And, and, and we're going to talk about the movie in a little bit, but what scripture just really just does it for you to the point where that's that, that, that says something that's like where you, that you put that out there and say, Hey, you know what, no matter what I'm hanging on to this. Yes. Yes. 20, Jeremiah 29 and 11, always in my favorite. Um, so if I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope and a bright future. And can nobody else dictate, where your journey is going to end up. Mm. And everybody want to operate and tell you what you should be, where you should go, how you should live, how you should do this, when you should do that. Don't write this down. Don't do this. Don't open that. Don't start the movie. Don't start the music. Don't mm. start the business. Right. Everybody has their own right. way of trying to dictate your life and tell you what you cannot be. But he said, for I know the plans I have for you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when God has a plan for you, I mean, he's saying for I know. He didn't say because of mama know. Mama mm. might not know the plans for you because mama mm. might not be a millionaire. Mm. So mama can't tell me how to be a millionaire, how to run a business. because My mama never had one. Wow. She can pray for me and tell me, son, this is what you should do. But my uncle shouldn't tell me that I can do this because how would you know if I never tried it? Yeah. So when you have a God that tells you, I know the plans I have for you, I can call you and tell you, hey, young man, you're going to be a doctor one day. I don't know what you're going to be, mm. but I can't tell you're going to be successful. But it's up to God and the plan he has for you. 
mm -hmm. what you're going to turn out to be. And mm -hmm. for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I have to remind myself, can nobody tell me what I cannot do or what I cannot be? There's no limit to what I, I can be. If God tell me I can be it, then I can be it. Right. And he has a plan, and that plan is not going to be a plan that's going to fail. It's not mm -hmm. going to be a plan that's going to be a fear. It's not going to be fickle. It's not going to be confusion. He said, because it's going to be prosperous mm -hmm. and it's going to give me hope and a bright future. So I know it's going to not just bless me, but it's going to bless my children and my children's children. Because mm -hmm. the future speaks of the pro, uh, prophetic, the, the provision of God. Mm -hmm. And that's how I want to operate in the plan that's going to not just help me now, but a plan that's going to help me down for generations to come. The plan that he has for me today is going to be a blessing for me also tomorrow. And mm -hmm. I don't want nobody else trying to give me a label on what I can be or what I should do. And I live inside of this box or this limited frame based off the ideas of somebody else's fears. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. I want to talk a little bit about the movie. You're an executive producer of the movie Butter the Preacher. Um, let's talk about that idea of where this came in, because this is another coal putting on the fire, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, what's next? You know what I'm saying? So let's talk about the movie and, and why you decided to take on this project. Yes, for years, um, I always thought about it and I prayed on it. And um, I just got to wish your will. How can I make this um, thing of, of my lifestyle and the things I've been through this testimony, how can I make this not just a book that I'm working on, but also a movie mm -hmm. um, that's going to translate and really give people a visual and illustration of everything that I've been through and a story mm -hmm. of hope and a redemption and, and forgiveness. Yes. And just and now how can I help this generation in this world out, not just young, but all ages with this faith mm -hmm. story? Mm -hmm. And I said, um, just connect me with the right resources. And, and somehow I reached out to a few people who was in the music, movie industry and I asked, you know, can I pitch my story to them? And um, so they, they gave me an opportunity. They flew me out to Atlanta last year. And I had to do a pitch for the Netflix. They was looking for a biopic um, based on a true story film. Mm -hmm. And um, they heard my story, like I'm telling you now. And yeah. pretty much after I was done with my synopsis, um, they said, we got to shoot this film. Mm -hmm. And they gave me a team. They gave me a writer. They gave me mm -hmm. some people to work with. Mm -hmm. So this past year, we've been correlating putting together this film and this the script is, is already done. It's finished. The mm -hmm. script is finished and we just getting ready to film after the union strike is over with for Hollywood. Yeah. And it's going to be a blessing. It's going to um, drop on Netflix as a new release and it's going to be amazing. Wow. That is a blessing. That is just another blessing. God definitely has his hand on your life. He's watching over you. He's keeping you in his care. That is for sure. And he wants you to reach so many people all over the world with a different uh, gifts and talents that he has given you. That is just totally, totally obvious. Um, Butter the Preacher, how can our audience um, get in contact with you to be able to, you know, get in contact with your music or have you, you know, speak at their church or a motivational speaker as a business and to be able to uh, get in contact with, you, with your upcoming book <laughs> that'll be coming out? How, give them yes. your uh, contact information. Yes, they can find me at Butter the Preacher at Gmail. B-U-T-T-A-T-H-E, Preacher, with the E-R at the end at Gmail, or Butter the Preacher at on Instagram, um, Butter the Preacher on YouTube for music videos, mm -hmm. and um, Michael Watson or Butter the Preacher on Facebook. Uh, they can find me in any of those contacts um, and reach out to me. And I got a team. If I can't reach you there, let me know that you reached out and we'll connect. Uh, if the synergy is there, if the opportunity is, is, is right, it's godly, we definitely want to um, work together. Wow. Well, folks, we've been talking to Butter the Preacher, who is an award-winning gospel rap artist, entrepreneur, 
motivational speaker and a preacher extraordinaire. Um, his movie will be coming out, which is Butter the Preacher, the movie. So expect that to be coming out soon. And also look for um, his book, because I know that's that one of the next projects. But you can also get his music. He's a Gospel Choice Music Award nominee and winner as well. So uh, we want you to check out his music. He's reaching the lost at no cost. He's putting it all out there. He's like, God is for you. I live. He's gone through some things. He's went his testimony has been a life transformation, no testimony. And he's putting it all out there going from the, from the streets to the pulpit and from the vice Lords to the Christ Lord. So he is the man. He is the man on the road to eternity is where he's doing marching all the way for Christ. We want you to know about him. We want you to support his organization, his ministry, everything that he's doing. This is a young man that is on fire, red hot and smoking, going straight to the top nonstop. Thank you so much, Butter Preacher, for being our special guest today. And we want to thank you all for listening to this awesome story, because this is a person that's getting it done. He is a high performer and he's actually making it happen. If you did not hear this entire broadcast, I want you to visit our website at www.road2eternity.net. Butter's Preacher's information will be on there. Also, check him out. Check him out because he's doing some extraordinary things and the world needs to know. So tell a sister, a brother or a friend about Butter the Preacher because he is on the move. I want to thank you all for listening. And I want you to remember that you are uniquely designed and strategically gifted. Use your gifts to impact the world the way that Butter the Preacher is doing. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Gifted with Sheila White. We hope you understand how your gifts can make an impact on the world. Gifted with Sheila White is produced by Road to Eternity, a film and television production company.